I personally am excited for 2024. What God's about to do in our midst. Amen. And again, we're not looking around at the world to make sure we're not going like this, making sure everything's okay out there. Uh, 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 what goes on political, what goes on economical, all those things, they affect you naturally, but they don't have to affect you at all if you're a person of the word. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was a little weak. Hallelujah. Uh, how do you know uh, that, that you're in a new kingdom? How, you're in the kingdom of light. And yes, what goes on in the world, uh, um, uh, you know, um, deal, you, you deal with it. But if you're not of it and you're of the kingdom, then you can enforce your will, which is God's will, God's will, your will, because they're one. You can enforce them in your life and in your family. And it doesn't have to touch you. Hallelujah. And so the Lord said 2024 is a year of profuse favor. And so if you remember, before Christmas, we began to look at this. We began to look at what causes that favor. Now, number one, we know that God is, when God is with you, you have favor on your life. Everybody say, God is with me. Touch your uh, don't attack your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Please don't attack your neighbor. Tell them, tell them God is with them. God is with them. Hallelujah. Is he really with you? You say, well, he's in me. Of course he's with me. I think there's a little more connotation to it than God just in you. Because yes, you're born again. But I know a lot of born again people, it doesn't look like God is doing anything in their life because they don't believe. For, they don't believe. And listen to me though, when you know that God is with you, God is with you, God is for you, God is in you, God is on you. But when God is with you, things begin to happen. God was with Moses, God was with um, uh, uh, Joseph. Then it says that God was with jo Joshua as he was with Moses. The same way, the same way that God was with Moses, now God is with Joshua. So it can and should be passed from generation to generation. And so we've got to do something about that. And when I remember the Lord, you know, he began to deal with me very early, October. Pastor Robert was up ministering and something jumped on me. And then I began to pray it out as I prayed in other tongues and stuff. Uh, and the Lord began to deal with me very strongly about this. But this is not just going to happen. And you can't just let it be a word, you know. Uh, I wasn't trying to get a word. God gave us a word. I wasn't trying to get a word. I didn't spend any time fasting and praying, Lord, give me something cute and catchy for 2024, the year of more, you know, or whatever. I wasn't trying to get something that rhymed. The Lord, two months before 2024 came, and we've already begun to see it. I've had, we've seen more testimonies in two months on this than I think I have seen in 30 years of doing this. And so you ought to get in on it. I said, you ought to get in on it. Because God is up to something. Amen. Now, has favor always been available? Absolutely. Healing's always available. Prosperity's always available. But whenever he emphasizes something, he, he wants you to grab a hold of it. Amen. And so what is the year of profuse favor? Well, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 18 and 19, the 19th verse, King James said that it's the acceptable year of the Lord. But if you look at that, that is jubilee. Jubilee. You know what jubilee is? Jubilee is every 50 years in Leviticus, they would blow a trumpet. Can I want everybody to sound? I want everybody to shout jubilee. Shout jubilee. Now, anytime they shouted Jubilee, what happens? It was the 50th year, and they went and got back what was stolen from them. Right? That's what it means. 
So man, year 49, they're waiting for Jubilee because that's my house and I'm going to get it back. Right? Something bad happened, but I'm going to get it back. Get your stuff out of my kitchen. Get your food out of my cabinets because I'm moving back in. That's really what it was, and that's what it, anytime they lost their land, anything, they got it back. Come on, are you ready to get it back? The Lord said that he would restore unto you. He would, come on, are you with me? He would restore unto you the years. I don't know how he restores years. I just believe it. So you had some years where you felt like some things were stolen from you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready to get them back. But you're going to have to do something. It's not just what God said. It's what you're going to do with it. Like my spiritual father used to say, it's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. Now, I've never stood under a ripe cherry tree and see if they fell. But what he's saying is it's not just going to be all God's end. You've got to do something. And so it seems to me that, yes, you got to, first of all, God is with you. Right? And that produced, you see that in Joseph's life. God was with him. And even so much that Potiphar, who he was a slave to, recognized it and put everything in Joseph's hands. And Joseph was a prosperous, how do you become a prosperous man as a slave? So it wasn't just the accumulation of things, but the Bible says Joseph was prosperous. Why? Because the favor of God was on him. And Potiphar recognized it. Hallelujah. The favor of God was on Moses. And that favor caused him to deliver people. Now, even though he got in a little bit of trouble at the beginning and didn't understand it, he was always a deliverer. And that's what the favor of God was on his life for. Now, even that, remember, when the children of Israel were and there were time to go, they had favor with the Egyptians. And even God spoke to Moses before it even all began. He said, this will be a sign unto you. Before you leave, you're not going empty. You will spoil the Egyptians. And at the end, remember what I told you, there's a God side and a man side. The women, and it's interesting that it was the women, and it was very specifically the women, they had to go knock on the door of probably someone they were servant to. And they said, um, the Lord has asked us to leave. And the Egyptians said, yeah, I know. I wish you'd get up on out of here because you're all causing so much problem. But he said, uh, you're supposed to give me what you got. So those no, new Gucci shoes you just got for Christmas, you'll give them, I'll take those. You, you got to put it in today. They spoiled the Egyptians, silver, gold, and raiment. And they walked out looking good. And there was not one sick or feeble among them. It's more than just not one sick or feeble among them. They were loaded down. Why? Because God sent Joseph. There was no thieving going on. There was no stealing going on. The only reason Egypt had anything was because of a man of God named Joseph. And they left. The Bible says they had favor. Everybody shout favor. favor. So let's see some things. Remember I told you, what was it with Moses? Let's look at Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now, the man Moses was very meek. He was humble. What is humility? Humility is saying, I can't do it on my own. 
I need you, God. Humility is not weakness. Uh, Meekness is not weakness. But true men and women of God who are strong are humble. And it said he was the most uh, meek or humble above all the men which, which were on the earth. So he was the most meek or humble person that was on the earth at that time. And God spoke to him face to face. God likes humility. So one of the things you and I have got to have is humility. What is that? Total dependence on God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, he'll do what? Exalt you. Or you could say, give you favor. That's why Moses had so much favor because he was, one of, he was the meekest man on planet earth. So that, and, and then in Numbers 12, verses 7 and 8, God said this about Moses. He was the most faithful. Well, you and I know that it is required of a steward that you be found what? Faithful. So if you're going to have the favor of God, some things you and I have to have is number one, we have to be humble. And number two, we have to be faithful. In other words, I'm trying to tell you just because God's proclaiming it doesn't mean it's automatically going to come your way. There seems to be some things that are the man's side of it that we need to get to. How many know God's ready to pour some things out on you? Favor's always been there. But he wants to do it this season in 2024 like you've never seen it before. It doesn't mean it wasn't available. It's available. And it's available to every born-again believer on the planet. How do I know this? Well, because the Bible says that the righteous are favored. Let me just skip to that. Let's look at this. Let's look at this real quick. Um, uh, Psalms 5.12 says bless, that the Lord would bless the righteous with favor. Psalms 5.12, I'm jumping on everybody who's ever up there. This is in the back of my notes. Psalms 5.12 says that the Lord will bless the righteous with uh, favor and he'll compass them out with his shield. Put that in the Amplified Classic for me. Y'all ready for this? Hallelujah. Psalms 5.12, the Amplified Classic. For you, Lord, bless the uncompromisingly righteous. Everybody say, I'm righteous. When did you get righteous? When did you get righteous? The moment you got born again. Are you righteous? Are you a sinner anymore? If you're born again, well, yeah, I am. No, you, you might sin, but you're, that's not your identification anymore. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so you could become righteous. You aren't just a, a type of righteous. You're not covered with righteous. You are righteous. And because you're righteous, those who he bless the uncompromising righteous, him who is upright and right standing with God. Are you in right standing with God? Are you in right? So I love this. And as with a shield, you will surround him, the righteous man, with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. So you've got a shield surrounding you with favor. So when anything bumps up against you, they bump into the favor of God. Now, because you're righteous, but you got to know you're righteous. When anything, there's, it's like a shield around you. It's in front of you. It's on your left. It's on your right. It's your rear guard. Anytime someone bumps into you, they bump into the shield of favor that God has put on your life. Hallelujah. But you got to know it. You got to know it. Hallelujah. Let's look at some other things. Let's look at this. Let's look at 1 Samuel um, chapter 226, just real quick. 1 Samuel 2.26, y'all with me? Woo! And this child Samuel grew on. 
Remember, his mama couldn't have any babies. And then Samuel came, and then she dedicated the Lord. She gave him to the Lord because that was where he needed to be. Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. So how many know if you have favor with God, that translates into favor with men? Amen. We need in this hour favor with God, and we've got it. But you also need to know you have favor with men. And it's not just about obtaining things. That's just part of it. That's just part of it. The corner office, just part of it. Raise, just part of it. Blessings, part of it. But what we want is favor with people to influence them to God. We want to be like Moses who saved, uh, delivered the mount. We want to be like Joseph who saved Israel alive. Our goal in this favor, our overarching thing is we want to bless people, we want to help people, and we want to get them in the kingdom of God. Come on, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature as he was growing up. It was just want to say he grew in it. So he grew in wisdom, so that's another thing. The more wisdom you grow in, the word of God is wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give to him, you know. Uh, you know, he won't hold it against him, but thank God, the word of God is wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, right, and in favor. So favor grows as your wisdom in God grows. So favor, yes, is there, but this one, this one, see, you're as righteous as you're ever going to be. I lost some of you. You're as, you don't have to earn righteousness. Your righteousness does not grow. You are righteous. But favor grows. Wisdom, there's some things that grow, and there's some things that you are. You are righteous. But wisdom, that's more up to you than it is up to God. If you lack any, ask of the Lord. Wisdom comes from the word of God. You have the mind of Christ, but you still have to renew your mind. The the mind of Christ is positional. The the renewal and getting wisdom is on you. It's on you. You have the mind of Christ in you, but that, that that doesn't affect this mind. You have to renew it, and it has to have wisdom. How many know your mind didn't get born again? You got to get some wisdom about you. The wisdom comes from the word. Jesus grew in wisdom. I can give you the scripture in just a little bit. It's in Luke. But he grew in wisdom and in favor. So as you grow in, what's my, what's my side? I got to grow up in wisdom. I got to get the word of God. I got to do the word of God. Are y'all with me? I got to do it. And what happens? Favor grows. So you can have a little bit of favor in 20, in the year of profuse favor, you can have a little bit of favor or you can have the profuse amount. But, it, but see, I want you to know it's up to me and you as much as it is up to God. God's offering. So Luke 2.52 says that, what I was talking about. So Samuel grew, all right? But let's look at this, 1 Samuel 3.19. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this one. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. There it is again. And did not let any of his words fall to the ground. Why did God give Samuel so much favor? He had favor with God, favor with man. Why? Because he was a doer at that time, not as much as the written word. They had what they had. But remember, Samuel was one of the first people who had heard the word of the Lord for a very long time. And I wonder why that was. Well, you remember the, pri- the priest before him, he had the two sons that got him into a lot of trouble because he wouldn't correct his children. He wouldn't correct his children. 
And because he wouldn't correct his children, it just wasn't on the children, it was on the parent. And so God held the parent accountable. That's an opinion, I'll keep it to myself. I just did it out publicly, out loud. I have opinions too, y'all. Just trying to keep them. It was a good one, though. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> so he held the, the, the priest, held Eli accountable. So now here Samuel's growing up, and he begins to hear the word of the Lord. But every time he heard it, he did it. He wouldn't let it fall to the ground. And he had favor with God and favor with man. And he, God used him. He had to turn things around because he took over a sinking ship. He took over a mess. But he was able to turn it around and bring God back reverence and respect to God and the temple because he didn't let one word that God spoke to him fall to the ground. Sometimes I wonder with us, because I know God is always dealing and talking, but are we responding like it's God? Or do we ignore? But if we're quick to obey, not only the written word, but the promptings we get in our heart, the leadings we get in our heart. Number one, the more you obey the promptings and leadings you get in your heart, the more you're going to get. Because, uh, and the Lord told me this one time, he said, my people want, them, want me to talk to them more. But you tell them if they'll just do my word, I already talked to them. See, the more you do the word, the more you, why would God tell you more if you're not even going to do what's written down? Ooh, Pastor Mark had his Wheaties this morning. How many know that's the truth though? Why would he tell you more if you're not even going to do what's written down? The more you do what's written down. And see, there's a lot of times when we ask the Lord about something, it's already written down. So there's no need to ask him about what's written down. But then when he speaks to you personally about your heart or about your business or about your career, about your family, about your marriage, about something you need to do particularly, then he will be able to. I'm not talking about voices. I'm talking about leadings on the inside. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What was so big of it? What was so... Samuel didn't let one word fall to the ground. Everybody say this. Say, I will not let one word fall to the ground. Hallelujah. So then we see in Luke chapter 252, Jesus grew in wisdom. So another thing, what's the man's side of it? Then we got the word of God. I know this is simple, but you all, all want to walk in profuse favor? You all want to walk in profuse favor? Then you got to get the wisdom of God. If you're raising a child, you need the wisdom of God. If you have multiple children, every child's going to need different wisdom because they're different. You're going to have eight children and have eight different things you need from God. They're not cookie cutters. Uh, your business, even if you have the same, if you're in real estate, God may deal with you different than he deals with another real estate agent. If you're, in, if you're this, if you're that. But you've got to let God deal with you. But you need wisdom. And again, James says, ask of the Lord wisdom and he'll give it to you liberally without finding fault. But you can't be a double-minded person. Either you're going to walk in the wisdom of God or you're going to walk in the wisdom of this world. And the wisdom of this world is foolish, sensual, and devilish. Let us be careful, church, that in the hour that we live in, that we don't walk in the wisdom of this world. 
instead of the wisdom of the Father. Because the wisdom of the Father is pure, it's peaceable, and it's holy. It's easy to be entreated. But the wisdom of this world, which there is so much of, and you are moved by more than you think you are. The wisdom of this world, it's foolish. It's devilish. Just because it looks right, just because it sounds right, doesn't mean it is right. Only God is right. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 8.35, the Amplified Classic says, Whoever finds me wisdom. Whoever finds me wisdom. Proverbs 8.35, Amplified Classic. Whoever finds me wisdom. Finds life and draws forth and obtains favor from the Lord. So wisdom is a big thing. How many of you want to walk in the favor of God? Then you have to get the wisdom of God. Are you with me? Amen. Pray this prayer. Just say this. Lift one hand to heaven. Say this. Say, Father God, I ask you to give me wisdom from your word. Amen. Amen. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. He who diligently seeks good seeks God's favor. So in other words, you and I have to be, we are righteous, but then also then we have to begin to do good. I would say like, like this has, reminds me of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness. And how many of you know uh, you, to do good? When you and I do good, uh, we seek also God's favor. But he who searches after evil, it comes on him. And then Proverbs uh, 12, 2 in the Amplified says it this way. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked devices he condemns. So this is more in action. So yes, you're righteous, which you're good with God, but then there ought to be fruits of righteousness. So yes, you are righteous and your righteousness doesn't grow, but your fruits of righteousness should grow. You should be good. You should be kind. You know, it's so funny. Everybody good? Are you, are you really good? Because see, it's odd to me how a man or a woman can be kind at work, but mean and mouthy at home. How a child, a teenager can go to school and act like a fool and then at home act like everything's all right. That's two different lives. And yet, God sees. Is everybody all right? He sees what we search on the internet. He sees when nobody you think is, that is important is watching, he's watching. My mamma said, Marky, don't you call me Marky. Marky, Jesus goes everywhere you go. Be careful where you take him. Thanks, Mamma. It's a good word. Don't you call me Marky. Not even in jest. Ephesians 6, 24. Uh, Amplify classic, please. Grace... God's undeserved favor be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. With undying and incorruptible love, amen. 
Um, so this favor works as we love the Lord. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 NIV. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4. Then you will win favor and a good name. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So what, what did verse 3 say? What did verse 3 say? Back up and look, look at verse 3 again. Let love and faithfulness. So faithfulness is a big one and love is a good one. Right? So what's my part? I'm going to be faithful to God, faithful to people, but I'm also going to love God, but I'm also going to love people. And when I love God and when I love people and I bind them around my neck, in other words, it's a part of me, um, and I write them on the tablet of my heart, I win favor with God. So the more I walk in faithfulness, the more I walk in love to God and people, the more favor will be in my life. Can you see? What is my point to you? It's not just all on God's end. Are you with me? I wish it was just on God's end. Well, wishing ain't going to change a thing. This is the way it's written. And it's written that you have a part to play in this favor. And I want you to get in on what God is doing. I want in on what God is doing. You know what? My life's really good right now. But I could, I could use some abundant favor from God. Favor with God and favor with man. Profuse. Hallelujah. And I want to position myself. Y'all listen, as I minister this to you, I got to deal with it first. Hallelujah. Psalms 102, 12 through 14, NIV. Psalms 102, 12. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will rise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Woo! Verse 14. For her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. Uh, go back to verse 13. Zion. When you see Zion, even the old covenant is talking about, you know, Jerusalem is talking about Israel. But Zion is also talking about the church. And so listen to me, even though favor has always been available, I, I like this here because it reminds me of what, it shows me what God is doing for it's time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. So sometimes there's appointments in the realm of the spirit and you and I have come to an appointed time. We're not looking for one. We've arrived at one. And yes, we do it by years. God, there's no time. But he works with us. And he knows that we're all ears when it comes to a new season change. Because when a season change is coming, God says he announces it. He even showed us some things by the four seasons that are in nature. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Because you can tell when a season is about to change because the nature of things around you. And God has also put some things in the realm of the spirit to show you when he's about to emphasize something, when something's about to happen. And I'm telling you that change is coming. The Holy Ghost is telling you change is coming and this is a good one. But it seems to me at the same time that this good thing is available. There's also much danger out there. 
There, there, even the things that Jesus said that can't be changed, wars, rumors of war, wars, earthquakes, famine, pestilence, all that thing's out there. But there's some things that the body of Christ going into these next two years is going to be, have to be very careful of because if not, you will be plucked off of the side of things and find yourself going down wrong paths. You have to stick with the word. Come on, everybody say, I don't have itching ears. I say, I love the word. I'm a doer of the word. Hallelujah. And he said, now's the appointed time, Zion. I've come to show you favor. And just because it's shown, remember Jesus, when he was on the earth, he wept over Jerusalem. Why? Because they missed their appointed time. He was there and they missed it. I don't want to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. Do you want to miss it? Are you going to miss it? What are you going to do? Well, if God's about to do these things, then I got to find out my part and I got to get about it. Amen? Woo, hallelujah. Come on, Zion. It's your appointed time. Come on, Zion. It's your appointed time. I said, come on, Zion. It's your appointed time. It's the season of favor. It's the season of profuse favor. Hallelujah. Yes, the things. Yes, all the blessings. But more than that, God is about, he has, he, he's given you favor with him and you're about to have favor with men and women. You're about to have favor where you can bring them into the kingdom of God, where you can help them, where you can see that they're delivered. Don't you give up on anybody. I don't care if a teenager looks you eyeball to eyeball and say, I don't believe in God anymore. You look them eyeball to eyeball and say, uh, I trained you and I taught you in the way you should go. And when you're old, you will not depart from it. And you smile and say, the will of the Lord be done and turn around and walk away. Don't argue with them. Well, they don't really believe, Pastor Mark. Yeah, did you really teach them though? So, well, I didn't because I wasn't in church. Then you know what? We'll find you some other scripture to stand on. As for me and my house, we'll all serve the Lord. It doesn't say you started early or late. As for me and my house, well, I've watched it. I've done this way too long. Did I believe in household salvation? I've watched people in their 50s or 60s get born again. And one by one, their adult children get born again. And their grandchildren get born again. Find something to believe on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I didn't say slap them. I didn't say cry. I didn't say break down, have a nervous convulsion in front of them. Oh God, what did I do wrong? You probably didn't do anything wrong. But you live in a world where the devil is the God of this world and he's influencing people. And we just gotta keep our guard up, amen? So what did Psalms 512 say again? That he would bless the righteous. Psalms 512. Even though we looked at it, let's look at it again. Psalms 512. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. Are y'all righteous? Are you righteous? What's he going to bless you with? Favor. What's it going to do? Amplified classic. Let's, 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 let's extend this one. Amplified classic, this one. 512. Hallelujah. I like the last part of it. It said, As with a shield, you will surround him 
with goodwill, pleasure and favor. So that favor surrounds you because you're righteous.